the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to hear from you tonight, Father God. I ask that you open our hearts to heed your word, open our ears to hear your word, open our eyes to perceive your word, open our minds to understand the scriptures. Show us great and mighty things that we do not know and help us apply them to our lives. We thank you, Lord, that nothing will hold us back or inhibit us from receiving and applying your word in our lives tonight, Father God. Thank you for answering these prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, I'm talking about overcoming rejection. I have a lot to say, but if you don't remember anything I say tonight, I want you to remember this. Being rejected does not necessarily mean something is wrong with you. It usually means something or someone is wrong for you. Let me say that again. Being rejected does not necessarily mean something is wrong with you. It usually means something or someone is wrong for you. Many years ago, back on Christmas Eve 95, that's when I rededicated my life back to God. About maybe seven years after that, I began to really think about marriage and begin to think about, okay, who am I supposed to marry? At the time, there was this young lady that caught my attention. I was wondering, you know, she could be the one. She fit the profile. She looked like the one. She talked like the one. She smelled like the one. She smiled like the one. The birds were singing. She was the one. The dogs were barking. She was the one. I was really feeling like she was the one. But before I talked to her, I had to apply Christian Relationships 101. I needed to talk to God first. So I went to God, and my conversation with God basically was something like this. God, I don't have time to date someone for a few weeks a few months, a few years, only to discover that she is not the one for me. I don't have time for that. So, Lord, if she's not the one, let your will be done. If she is the one, let your will be done. Okay? Now, it's nice that I prayed that, but I felt like I was just covering my bases. I really felt like, yeah, she was the one. So I approached her anyways, and uh, I expressed myself to her, and Guess what, guys? She was the one. Yeah, she was the one for another guy. She was the one for another guy. The problem was I wasn't the one for her. She told me she was interested in somebody else. Of course, I was disappointed. I was hurt. But I received it. We were cool. While I left that situation and began to ponder what just happened, trying to figure out, I thought God was leading me in this direction. What happened here? 
While I was going through all of that, then I get a phone call from a friend of mine. He calls me up and he wanted to find out if I will speak in a true love waits seminar. And I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. I just got rejected from being in a relationship. And now I'm getting a call to talk about (laughs) true love waits. Despite my pain and my hurt, I kind of felt like God was really trying to get me to speak at that event. Because around the same time, I kind of felt like God was asking me the question, Tokes, are you ready to be in a relationship? And the answer was no. Then the next question was, what do you need to be doing while you are single to prepare yourself for a relationship? Now, that's where that phrase came from. That situation, while you are single. Because how many of you know that the best time to prepare for marriage is while you are single, not when you are married? (laughs) How many of you know that? It might be too late by that time, you know what I'm saying? So that's where the phrase came from, while you are single, which turned out to be what I talked about at the seminar. While you are single. Do this while you are single. Be mindful of this. It wasn't long after that, about two years later, after that disappointment, another lady caught my attention. And I'm thinking, maybe she's the one. But I got rejected again. And again, I was disappointed. I was hurt. Not as bad as the first one, I guess, because I figured God was behind this somehow. I didn't like it. But God knew best. However, when I got rejected the second time, I was inspired to write about rejection. And I was like, okay, there is something happening here. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. But what good does this bring about? So I began to think about, yeah, I'm going to write about rejection. And as, as I began to think about that, I was like, wait a minute, Tokes. You know, the first book that I wrote, While You Were Single, came after I got rejected the first time. And now I got rejected again. Not only am I going to write again, but I'm going to write about rejection. I began to wonder, maybe there's a connection between rejection and being pushed out to do something. So I began to do some research, and I discovered that a lot of people who are successful in life were rejected. In fact, not only were they rejected, the rejection was the catalyst for their success. And it was that research and just seeking God about this that, you know, um, got me to write my second book, Rejected for a Purpose. And what I'm about to share tonight is just a tiny bit of all that is written in this book. All the same, over the years, I've come to understand that there are fundamentally three main reasons why we experience rejection from people. There are lots of reasons, but at the end of the day, when you do the math, it really boils down to three fundamental reasons why we experience rejection from people. Number one, people turn us down, overlook us when we don't meet their expectations. In this case, we are rebuffed for being wrong 
or doing wrong. And by being wrong or doing wrong, we don't meet their expectations. By being wrong, I mean we didn't do anything wrong. We're just not what they're looking for. We don't fit the profile. We're not qualified. We didn't do anything wrong. We're just not what they're looking for. We don't have the looks. We don't have the education. We don't have the connections. We're just not what they're looking for. By doing wrong, I mean being rebuffed for unacceptable behavior, unethical behavior, or doing the wrong thing. For example, some of you are familiar with the story of Joseph in Genesis, I believe it's in Genesis chapter uh, 39, Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with Joseph. And I believe it's in Genesis 39, verse 8, where the Bible says he refused her because she wanted to do something wrong with him. Okay, so the first reason we experience rejection from people is when we don't meet their expectations. Now, I suspect that some of you watching and perhaps some of you here are like, you know what, Tokes, I understand if I'm not what they're looking for. I get that. I understand if I did the wrong thing. I get that. But Tokes, would you please explain to me why I'm still getting passed over? Why I'm still getting ignored, snubbed, refused, overlooked when I do have the looks and I do have the education and I do have the resources and I do the right thing. I go to church. I'm living a godly lifestyle. I come to while you are single. I am not fooling around. I am living my life for God. I meet the expectations because I saw the requirements for the job and the requirements for the position and everything they said they wanted. And I knew I had everything they wanted, but they still don't want me, Tokes. I am tired, Tokes, of people coming to me telling me, how does a beautiful, godly lady like you not be married yet? I'm tired of people coming up to me saying, you're a nice guy. You got a job. You're doing well. You're well-mannered. How come you're not married yet? I'm tired of that, Tokes. Please tell me what's wrong with me. Because, Tokes, if I knew what was wrong, I'll do something to fix it. But as far as I know, I don't know what's wrong. So please explain to me, Tokes, what is wrong with me? I'm glad you asked. This is what's wrong with you. You're asking the wrong question. You shouldn't be asking yourself, what's wrong with you? You should be asking yourself, what's right with you? Which brings me to the second reason why we are rebuffed by people. Because we exceed expectations. This is where you are passed over, turned down for doing right or being right. Being right or doing right. By being right, I mean you're too good for whomever or whatever you're trying to get involved with. You are first class. You have raised the bar. People feel intimidated by you. 
They feel intimidated by your character and how you carry yourself. You've raised the standard and they feel like they don't measure up. You didn't do anything. You didn't even impose yourself on them. They just feel intimidated. So they are hating on you. In our time, we use the, the word or the phrase haters and we use that phrase like we came up with it, but it actually started way back in the time of Joseph. He had dreams. He shared his dreams to his brothers. And the Bible says they hated him even more. This is when a lady is rejected by a guy because she makes more money than him. She lives in a house. He lives in an apartment with his mom, his mom's apartment. No, I am not knocking the guy down. The issue is not that he doesn't have as much as she has. In fact, she has no problem with it. He is the one feeling like he doesn't measure up. So he is the one pushing her away. Another example is when a guy is rejected by a lady because he is too nice. I'll give you another example in scripture. We're going to go to Daniel chapter 6. We're going to read verses 3 and 4. And some of you know the story of Daniel. Somebody just mentioned Daniel earlier. And I'm going to read about Daniel in Daniel chapter 3 verse 4. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, Daniel soon and before I read this, I want to share a background to the story. There's this guy named Darius, I believe was the emperor at the time. And Darius, he had 120 provinces over the kingdom. He was over and he had 120 satraps. Some translation uses the word satraps. They were basically leaders over those 120 provinces. And over the 120 satraps or leaders were three governors or three administrators over them. And some translations use the word governors. Some say administrators. Some say presidents. So there were three guys over the 120. Daniel happened to be one of the three over the 120. And in Daniel chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, it reads, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then verse 4 starts off by saying, then. Everybody say then. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. You would think that if you were faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy, that people will flock towards you and people will embrace you. But that's not always the case because he was about to be promoted over them. He was about to exceed their expectations. Verse four starts off by saying, then that was the trigger. That was the trigger. Then they came against him. They came to, to stop that from happening. The second reason. Is when we exceed expectations. And that's what I mean by being right. You're too good. By doing right, I mean people reject you for doing the right thing. You want to, others want to do the wrong thing, but you want to do the right thing. So they push you away. Going back to the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. 
Point number one, people reject us when we don't meet their expectations. Meaning, for being wrong or doing wrong. In Potiphar's wife's case, Joseph rejected her for wanting to do wrong. Then she retaliated with point number two. She rejected him for doing the right thing, which is he didn't want to sleep with her. So she ends up sending him to prison for doing the right thing. So, number one, people reject us when we don't meet their expectations. Number two, people reject us when we exceed their expectations. Number three, people reject us when we try to do things with them at the wrong time. Wrong timing is the third reason we experience rejection from people. What you may have wanted to do may have been the right thing, but the timing was wrong. It always reminds me of uh, a quote from Dr. John Maxwell, who wrote 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And there's something he describes as the law of timing. I often like to reference it when I share about how timing is relevant to uh, rejection. Uh, He says something like this about what he calls the law of timing. The wrong action at the wrong time brings disaster. The wrong action at the right time is a mistake. The right action at the wrong time brings resistance, but the right action at the right time results in success. Let me say that one more time. The wrong action at the wrong time brings disaster. The wrong action at the right time is a mistake. The right action at the wrong time brings resistance, but the right action at the right time results in success. Some of you remember the story of Joseph. We're going back to him again. He ends up in prison, thanks to Potiphar's wife, lying about it, what happened between them. He meets a baker and a butler. They both had dreams. He interpreted their dreams. And in not so many words, he told the baker he was going to be killed in three days, and he told the butler that he's going to be restored to his position with Pharaoh, who, you know, sent both of them to prison. And he told the butler, he said, hey, once you get out of prison, remember me and get me out of here. The guy forgot Joseph once he got out. The butler forgot about Joseph once he got out of prison. How many of you know that when somebody forgets you, that's a form of rejection? Someone you supported, you help them fulfill their dreams. You help them get to where they wanted to go. And once they got there, they dropped you like a bad habit. They forgot you. But I submit to you that the guy didn't forget Joseph because he didn't care. Or he wasn't concerned about Joseph. He forgot just because he just forgot. <laughs> he forgot In fact, I believe God made the guy forget. How do you know that, Togs? Because Genesis 41, verse 1, starts off by saying, two full years later, Pharaoh had a dream and he was standing by the Nile. Two full, the the chapter that talked about how Joseph was restored and all, starts off by saying two Full years later, Pharaoh had a dream and that triggered a series of events that helped the butler remember Joseph. It was like, oh, I believe it's in Genesis 41 verse 9. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was this guy who can remember dreams. You see, if the guy forgot about Joseph because he didn't care for him, 
it didn't really matter what happened. He will not have referred Joseph to the king. How many of you know that people don't like you? It doesn't matter what happens. They will never refer you to anybody. The guy just forgot. And he was feeling bad about it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, there was this guy. It was a timing issue. And I want to encourage some of you tonight, because I believe some of you tonight have prayed for some things, sought the Lord for some things. It didn't happen. You've forgotten about it. Do not be surprised. Do not be surprised when you get a phone call, when you get an email, when you get a text message, when you bump into somebody that's like, yeah, I've been looking for you. Because that's what happened for Joseph. (laughs) They sent for him, you know, because it's a timing issue. Imagine that you are driving your car on the road. You are heading to a destination, and you come to a traffic light. The light is on red. The light being red does not mean you can't drive on that road. The light being red does not mean you can't get to your destination. All the light is saying, not now. Just stop and wait, and when it turns green, It's time for you to move on. Imagine that the road represents the path to your destiny. The car represents your life. Your destination is your destiny. The traffic light is part of traffic law, per se. So traffic light is like God saying, using people to say stop. Unfortunately, you don't see God behind the person or uh, an angel behind the person or God whispering in your ear that, oh, I'm using this guy to stop. You don't see that. What you see is someone that doesn't like you, someone that has something against you or someone that looks like they don't like you. People that you feel like are holding you back. But God is just flashing his red light. Not now. A lot of things are happening right now. I'm trying to navigate smooth and orderly flow of traffic. So I want you to stop right now. Unfortunately, for a lot of us, we run the red light. (laughs) We run the red light, and a couple of things could happen. Number one, we could get into a collision. So the gentle stop didn't work, which is a form of rejection. Now you come to a a forced stop. And because we try to get ahead of God, we wreck our lives. We end up dealing with trauma. You literally get broken. The other option is sometimes, and I must confess, I have run the red light and thank God I haven't got into a collision. But some people, they run the red light, no collision. But when they ran the red light, Popo was on the side, police officers, and they pulled them off the road and now... They are going to be fined. For some of us, we got ahead of God and we pay a price. It cost us something. Cost us our dignity. Cost us our emotions. Sometimes for some of us, it literally cost us funds, money, because you got ahead of God. Some of us, we don't run the red light and get into an accident. We don't run the red light where a police officer stops us. 
We don't even run the red light. We're like, you know what? I ain't got time for this. So you just want to take a shortcut and you want to take another route. Well, guess what happens when you decide to take another route? I just told you that you were on the right road going to the right place. You just got off the road. And they get off the right path and they get lost. And find themselves in situations, positions, relationships, scenarios, and they're like, how did I get here? Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you are informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.